My favorite weird detail about this story is, um, so Felicity Huffman deleted her Twitter account like 24 or 48 hours after it all dropped, um, like after all the news dropped. But um, she had also been a guest judge on All Stars 4 of RuPaul's Drag Race, which had just aired like maybe a month prior. So she had recorded an episode of RuPaul's podcast with Michelle (gasps) Massage called, I think it's called What's the Tea? And so literally (laughs) the day after the news dropped, RuPaul tweeted out a link to that podcast episode (laughs) tagging Felicity Huffman and was like, hey, (laughs) y'all. take a listen and then like hours later felicity huffman deleted her twitter and everyone was like oh my god rupaul got felicity huffman off of twitter like (laughs) it is just there's so many great little tendrils to the story oh god hello 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 and welcome to another episode of american grift the podcast where we pay someone seventy five thousand dollars to take the act for us and slip you of practice one to take while you're in bed with tonsillitis I'm your host, Oriana Schwint, and that's right, we're talking about the grift that pretty much everyone is obsessed with, the elite college admissions scam, aka Operation Varsity Blues, and joining me today are freelance writer and friend of the show, Ali Semigran. Hello. And comedian and writer, Gabe Gonzalez. Hello, hello. Very excited to be here and talking about this grift in particular. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. So, Gabe, what is it that you are most excited about? What detail w- w- made you go, oh, yeah, this is my shit? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited at the conversation it's brought up, right? Um, because I think the funniest thing is that we found out that, like, Aunt Becky and Felicity Huffman were charged with what looked like paying to get their kids into college and everybody was like yeah doesn't this happen all the time like <laughs> you know what i mean like obviously there's fraud and there's like crazy money stuff involved and like we'll get into all these details and it's more than just paying to get your kids into college but i think it's started a broader conversation about what college college admissions look like um and how difficult it really is for somebody to get in on their merits if they are disadvantaged economically, racially, ethnically, in terms of gender, whatever, when there are people out here who are finding legal ways um, to essentially bribe colleges into letting their kids in. Um, so I think that like while this grift is real juicy and uh, exposes some like truly criminal things, I think there are also things that are very commonplace and very close to what this is that people suddenly care about or at least talking about now oh hell yeah and ali what was what was your what was your like oh i'm i'm here for this moment i think for me it's just usually when you wake up and sign into twitter you're like oh god no everything's horrible (laughs) and this was one of those mornings where i was like oh my god i'm so excited this is great like obviously it's not it's just such a nice break from our already warped reality into something that no one could have guessed in a million years like these two of all people like if you just pick two random celebrities i still don't think you would have gotten them uh to be involved in a scene. No, no, no way. <laughs> so I think for me, it was just like, all right, this is better than whatever hell we wake up to every morning. I'll take it. This is great. It, it really, it really was. It felt like a throwback to a simpler time when we, we could have this kind of, this, this moment that brought everyone together that was, you know, as, as Gabe, you hinted, like, you know, there's, there's definitely a conversation that, that 
was started by this particular grift. But for, you know, half a day or maybe it was even the, a full day. I don't quite remember how long it lasted. But it was just like, let's make some dumb jokes that, that'll probably age pretty poorly. Oh, for sure. But who cares? It's fine. Just this once. Yeah, it's fine. Like, okay, so uh, I don't I don't know anyone who ha- doesn't know the, the the details of this, but so I will I will now lay out sort of the general uh, case here that that the the federal government has against these fifty uh, co-conspirators because this is a RICO case, um, which is always very exciting uh, for <laughs> weirdos like me. But like, I don't know, it's just fun. Anyway. So this, I I saw one of these things happen in like 2008, which is pretty early on, but really this started going in like 2011, 2012. And this guy named William Singer, who is known in the affidavit that I'll be, that I'll be linking to in the description as a cooperating witness one. So in 2011, 2012, he started this nonprofit foundation to supposedly help disadvantaged kids get into college. It's called the Key Worldwide Foundation or the Key. Um, and it was a it was a 501c3. It was a tax exempt organization. It was a tax exempt nonprofit, uh, which was a spin-off of a college prep a for-profit college prep organization he had called the Edge College and Career Network, which sounds, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like something in a t- like a fake TV it show. Sounds so shady. It's so <laughs> right. Like he laid it. He gave you all the clues, Mister Policeman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why that is. It's so weird. But he began to recruit these wealthy parents who were worried about whether their kids could get into their college of choice, and that's like the real linchpin here. Is is like. These kids could probably have gotten into some college somewhere, but these parents just didn't, they just couldn't have that conversation with their kid or the people at their, you know, their fellow country club goers or whatever about how little Timmy was too dumb to get into USC. But there were about 50 of them, including, yes, Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin. And what was weird is like Lori Laughlin's husband was indicted along with her, but William H. Macy like got off. Okay, like he's not named in the in the indictment. Um, but so the 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 actual mechanics of the scheme like kind of varied from kid to kid. But mostly what happened was that the parents would fraudulently have their kid diagnosed with a learning disorder so that they could get extra time on the the ACTs and the SATs. And they would make up some sort of excuse for why the kid couldn't take the test at their normal school or testing center. And they would have the kid take it at either a school in Houston or one in West Hollywood that were like basically under Singer's control. He could have a proctor in there that he was paying. And the proctor would either correct the kid's test like himself or give the kid the answers and this treatment cost anywhere from fifteen thousand to like seventy five thousand dollars per kid per test and that's not even right that's so that's so much money but that like that's not even that's like drop in the bucket territory because the real money was in the other part of the scheme that was like almost almost more essential he would because this this singer guy would then bribe athletic official um athletic officials and coaches 
to quote unquote recruit their kids since athletic recruits get placed in a different admissions pile. So, and it didn't matter if your kid didn't play a sport at all, didn't play that sport. It was totally fine. Like Singer and his underlings would Photoshop your kid's head on top of a pole vaulter's body if they needed to, (laughs) and which they literally did. And then the athletic officials and coaches who profited literally to the tune of millions of dollars each because Singer would charge hundreds of thousands of dollars for this. We're talking 500 grand to get a kid designated a long snapper at, at USC. What was amazing about that one was that like he was, the singer was like, yeah, we can't do this for Notre Dame because they would know immediately because like their football program is better than USC's. Um, <laughs> which is a fun inside college football joke for anyone out there who's who, who cares about college football. Um, you know, 400 grand for a kid who didn't play tennis to be recruited for tennis at Georgetown. And the parents would pay for these services by making these massive donations in the same amount of the cost of the bribes to the key foundation and these what the kicker here is these donations would be tax deductible which meant that you and me got to subsidize this whole shitty scheme to get these dumbass kids into prestigious colleges which is Um, great because i already love paying for my own college i want to pay for some other (laughs) shitty kids college right like i'm (laughs) I'm how I'm I've still got 45k left on my student loans but no no let's uh but yeah so this this one came tumbling down when one of the parents actually got uh indicted for securities fraud and in exchange for a lighter sentence although I think he ended up like not having to plead guilty but he he tipped off the SEC and the FBI about this uh and then they quickly turned Singer into a cooperating witness because of course, he has no moral compass, and uh, so they've all the all of the parents have been charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud, which I love, um, and honest services mail fraud, which is not a thing that I knew existed. And so, if you are like me and you have no idea what the difference is, um, the honest services part generally means that there's been a scheme to defraud people of the quote unquote honest services of a public official just bribery. Um, but then there's also a private sphere application of this where like there's a breach of a fiduciary duty to an employer, which is clearly what's going on with people employed by these universities and the college board. Um, you know, trials, who knows when that whole thing is going to start. So like, you know, big disclaimer, this is all allegedly, no one has actually been found guilty Um, but there is a preponderance of evidence here and like a number of the coaches and athletic department officials have lost their jobs. Um, and that's great. So. Okay. Now that we are all sort of on the same page, um, Gabe, you and I both went to the same elementary school first of all yeah but but more importantly the same college prep school in central florida so did any of this feel a little familiar Uh, to you too familiar (laughs) too familiar (laughs) far too familiar 
Um, well, the f okay, so the funny thing is, I was in uh, high school when this movie called The Perfect Score came out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, Which yes! is essentially about breaking into an SAT office in, like, New Jersey <laughs> to, like, get the answers ahead of time and cheat on the SAT. And, like, those characters managed to make themselves feel relatable, right? Like, there were students who were working yeah. hard, like, never mind they were going to break into a building. And, like, that movie maybe came out, like, my freshman year. And it spoke to me so much. Because like <laughs> I'm a first generation college student, right? Like my neither of my parents finished college. One of them went uh, and did not complete their degree. The other didn't go at all. And so like my entire life, like the whole point of my parents busting their asses to pay for me to get into this college prep school um, that was like full of kids whose parents way, made way more than me. And from the conversations, I don't know, like we've had that was sort of the norm there, right? That there were like a few kids that were sort of middle yep. income. But it was like a school that generally attracted a lot of very wealthy kids and it wasn't easy to pay for it like tuition was comparable no. to like a college tuition every year it's really wild it was it was at least like eight i remember when i started there in like seventh grade or whatever it was it was like at least and i was a financial aid kid so like hooray but it was definitely like seven or eight grand a year which is like you know this is 1999 2000 oh like, i may be exaggerating holy shit. maybe not a year uh maybe it wasn't comparable to like a college tuition, well, but no, yeah. but that's a, that's a whole a that's a shit ton of money it's a lot of money and i'm pretty sure it like only kept going up um yeah so like it's wild that like okay so like we go to the school and it was so nuts to me because i saw kids talking about how they didn't need extra time for testing constantly and got it right wow yeah because their parents knew yep, somebody that was... <laughs> because some, you know what i mean like and it wasn't just like the sats and acts like i think the pressure was obviously on because we were all students at a college prep school um with very few students of color but like i remember one time i was taking a, an ap exam i think it was ap bio and i saw this one like total dickwad who was an absolute bully peek at the essay portion of the test and you know how like between the multiple choice and the essay they give you a break right so this dude comes out of the testing room makes a beeline for his rich friends and all the rich kids on the corner are taking their little break uh sipping on some seltzer and like eating whatever snacks they brought literally talking about the essay questions and collaborating on oh how they would God. answer and I was like, I did not just bust my ass and lose my social life in high school, taking 11 SAT or uh, AP courses over the course of three years so I could get into college for y'all to just like slide in and like crowdsource the essay response to this test. I was I hope I hope they all fucking failed. I hope they were all too like, but we don't live in a just world and they probably did well. Oh, like um, this is exactly what happened. My ass went in there, finished the essay, and then made a beeline to uh, the proctor after the test, and I told him exactly what happened. I was yeah! like, all of these kids. I was like, all these kids, and I'm not the only person who saw it. There were witnesses. Like, I worked my ass off, and my parents don't have, like, the money they have to get all these tutors. And on top of that, they're in here cheating. Yes. I was like, fuck this. I made such a scene. Um, but it kind of fucked a lot of people over, and I feel bad. It's not my fault. Like, I wasn't the one who cheated. But they ended up giving us two options. It was like retake the test or just count the multiple choice, um, which was like really weird. I know, yeah. So it was like kind of a gamble. That's serious. Yeah. But I'm glad. I'm glad that like some. Met I'm glad that they didn't completely get away with it. If that 
makes sense. Like, oh, absolutely. You yeah. Know, they did. They 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 paid attention to you. Like they didn't just brush you off. What is college prep school? Is it like something you go to on the weekends, or is like that is is that? It's what just yeah. It's just considered? a fancy private school. Okay, gotcha. Who like their their sole aim is to get you into the fanciest gotcha. college you can and like like literally um we would have assemblies every like monday and i don't remember i know there was one every monday at at the very least and and they would read the college acceptances that had come in over the weekend yeah and i remember being i was that piece of shit because like you know our entire life systems had had instilled in us this idea of your only value comes from the colleges that you get into. It's like oh, yeah. deeply fucked up. But I, when I got into Northwestern, I like you know beelined Monday morning to to the the sheet that was outside the guy's office to like where you were supposed to write down your acceptance and i'm fucking this is how awful i was i made sure that it wasn't just northwestern that it was the yes name dropping (laughs) i I made sure that everyone knew that i got into the really (laughs) special whatever thing but that was that was you know so that like i i I I don't know. Like I I understand the pressure, but so many of these kids just felt like the kids in the in the indictment. I was like, these kids don't need. There's so many levels how they don't need to go to college. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, and it's like I don't. I'm I'm sure that we're not the only you know people who feel this way in our own industries, but. Like I spend most of I've spent most of my adult life wondering why I went to college. <laughs> I know it's a terrible thing to say, but I, I mean it is at this point just paying off debt. Like everything I learned, I learned out in the workforce, and you know I'm sure I got those jobs because I had a degree. Yeah. But it, it is crazy, and if I had that kind of advantage, not that you shouldn't seek out higher education, but they have so many other ways that they can move through the world and still educate themselves and still figure out what it is they want to do. Yeah. Do you think that, cause I know like, I'm sure my parents were, uh, well, my dad probably didn't really care, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that my mom would have been extremely annoyed to have spent all this money on this very fancy private school and you know have a daughter who didn't you know get into some very fancy school and she wouldn't have been able to tell you know who we did we you know we were not country club people but you know she had co-workers and stuff i guess um you know do you think it was more that they couldn't bear to tell their children that they were too dumb or I guess that's very that's very judgy. Sorry, children, uh, that they were not good fits for for certain colleges, or that or was it more on a peer level where they couldn't bear to tell Doctor So and So at the country club, like, oh yeah, well Timmy's going to Arizona. State. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> right exactly. It's like I I think it's an it's definitely an appearances thing. Like I think. Any parent, you know, you obviously want the best for your kid and you're probably going to get more opportunities and a better education at certain schools than you are others. But 
it's also like, you know, I, I went to a pretty middle of the line college. I went to Temple University in Philly. Temple's and, a lovely school. You know, I, I it is. Um, but I, I think it's just a matter of, you know, uh, that wasn't part of my lifestyle at all of like, oh, we have to go to this kind of school. Um, it was just kind of an accomplishment getting in anywhere. Um, so that's a, a very different world to me. And, and I think for them, like, I read something that uh, Massimo, the guy, uh, Lori Laughlin's uh, husband, who was also... Which is a whole fun... He's Target Massimo. Like, He's Target Massimo. I had no idea that it was a guy. Yeah. Who knew the guy whose shirts last for two washes was that influential? Um, but I read something that he's a big Trump supporter and he's very much of the like, you've got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and like, you know, oh, you can't yeah. take any handouts. Amazing. <laughs> and I think that's all so much part of, I think it's just uh, the image that whatever that is, whether you're like a MAGA lunatic or like, you know, uh, just a, Hollywood, whatever, like, I think there's something that you try to uphold and you can't let there be any cracks in that facade. So I've got to imagine that's part of it, too. Yeah, that misogyny. Even if it's, even if, if yeah. they don't really believe it or even abide by it, I think it's just keeping the facade up. I, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's less them thinking their kids are dumb and more a systemic thing, right? Like, this is how these people are used to getting things done, right? Like, you have this wealth, you yeah. have this access, and you're used to getting things by paying for it, right? It's like there's nothing you can't afford. Right. And I think once that mentality has sort of solidified in your life, it's hard not to think of any transaction that way. And, I, I, you know, I'm also thinking about it, like, thinking about the way uh, students were treated whose parents had donated a lot of money or were famous in college, I think also illustrates that I think what these parents were paying for wasn't just admission, but access after admission, right? To know that you yeah. have an ally on the soccer team or somebody with a connection that should there be any problem, you can call them up and be like, my student cannot be suspended. My student cannot get a C. I paid you X amount of money. And like, this is what I need. Um, I think there's a little bit of that as well, because there were certain concessions allowed to uh, students of extreme wealth or students of notoriety, not just on my college campus, but on campuses everywhere. You know what I mean? It's like even something as small as like being a, a famous person's child who gets like a stove in your dorm room installed, <laughs> even though there are no stoves allowed. You know what I mean? It's like it's something like that. It, it's a, as small as that. But that's the kind of thing that um, wealth gives you access to and those connections give you access to once you're there. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, it's interesting because I didn't see, like most of the people I went to college with were of some means, but they were never, like I never interacted with the people of extreme wealth. And I don't know if that was me self-selecting, like, you know, I would never want to be part of that or if like maybe just there just weren't rich people in the journalism school or something, you know, like not high profile rich people in, in my little corner of the world. Or like I never d did a sorority or anything. And that also feels like a very um, rich person thing to do. Sorry, people who are in sororities. <laughs> uh, enjoyed that experience. It's not for me. Um, 
Yeah, you're right. Is it well what what fascinated me too was the clear divide between the people who participated in this scheme, who don't get me wrong, are obscenely wealthy and probably should not have this much money. Um, but there's a there's a gulf between them and really actually hugely rich people, right? Like, I mean, I don't know where where uh the Mr. and Mrs. Huffman fall, fall on the on the wealth scale, <laughs> but but like there were there <laughs> since he's not named in the indictment, I don't know. Um, but like uh, there were some people in this in this uh, affidavit that I read all two hundred and sixty nine pages of, who like one of them was like, uh, so can I make these payments over six months? I'm not very liquid right now. Like I need time to come up with the money. Um, and I was like, oh, so this is for, this is for people who are not rich enough to buy a building, who are not rich enough to literally just plunk, you know, 10, $20 million down on the university's doorstep and be like, yeah, so admit my kid, because that's the legal way, right? That's, that's what we were talking about before, where you can, you can, do that and it's for some reason considered legal whereas these people had to resort to what what is defined as fraud and i mean you know the test score stuff is hard is is like very very fraudulent um but the bribes to the athletic directors it that you know there isn't a difference gabe no. you're right like I used to work at, at a student call center. Um, I went to Brown. I worked as an RA and at the student call center. So I got to see so much behind the scenes. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. <laughs> but we would straight up call people and, and you know, you can, uh, people will donate over the phone. And there were some people who could specify exactly where they wanted their donation to go to, right? And usually we called mm. a, a alumni and former students, but you got an idea of how the entire um, endowment interacted with donations and how much of, uh, you know, the university's costs came from donations, not just from alumni, but like parents and family and friends. And some people will like throw down to like build an athletic center or build a new arts building, right? And get like a room in it named after them. And they really expect to be thanked and lauded appropriately mm -hmm. for that. And um, there is a system of, of patronage that I think allows people to be treated differently because of the money they donate. And while that's not criminal, I think it gets to the heart of what pisses so many people off about this uh, varsity blues, <laughs> you know what I mean? Investigation. Yeah, like um, those systems exist and, and are technically legal. Um, and that sucks. I, and I understand it's part of how universities get shit built that like other students can take advantage of, even if they haven't donated to it, but they are paying, you know what I mean? Right? They're paying to be there. So it's not free for them either. Um, so it's just, it's really frustrating to kind of see how arbitrarily that line is drawn between like fraud and bribery versus just like a nice donation with my name on it. And then my child will go there in a year. Like, um, oh God, sorry. One more thing. Did we hear about Dr. Dre? Yes. Oh, the 70 million. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. Dre was just on Instagram being like, haha, my daughter got into USC all on her own, like didn't need to bribe anyone, blah, blah, blah. And then it came out that in 2013, he made a $70 million <laughs> donation to the university. <laughs> and then he deleted the post, I think, or like just, oh but he was dragged within like milliseconds. And it's that, you know what I mean? That these people are like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, 
well, but you still, you know what I mean? Like you still tossed a lot of money at it and expected something in return. Exactly. That's it's, it is, it is very topsy turvy and upsetting that if you put your name, you know, if you put your name on this gift, it is, it is legal. And if you don't, then it's a bribe. It's like, what? Hold on a second. That can't, that can't be right. And I think what makes the whole thing even murkier is like where the kids stand in all this. Like, yeah. obviously, with Olivia Jade, yeah. like she made it very clear on her social media that she had no interest in school. And that's infuriating <laughs> because, you know, there are kids who work their whole lives to get into schools and would kill for that chance. And she so clearly didn't want it. But then you have to worry about like, or wonder about all the other like unknown kids named in this, like, you know, did they have any idea that this was what their parents were doing? And, you know, the mental ramifications that must have of like, your parents had to jump through these hoops and Photoshop your head on the stuff yeah. because you are such a bing bong. Like, <laughs> that's got to be really tough, too, of just like, but but I don't know. But then you just wonder, too, if, if these are kids of means, like, I wonder if they just expected this would also go their way, too. You know, it's like, that's the murkiest yeah. area for me in all of this is like, well, where do the kids come into play with all of this and how much did they know? But also as a kid, even if you know at 16 or 17, your parent is the one that should not be doing this. This is really doesn't fall on you. Right. Um, so Right. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the part where this gets kind of the saddest is like not just obviously the kids that miss out on spots because of, you know, these assholes, but you know, what happens with, like, are these kids ever going to be able to get into schools now? That seems kind of impossible. Unless you write a really good essay about well, this. Well, f- forget schools, but, like, jobs, too. Well, Lori Laughlin's daughter did lose her, uh, what was it, the sponsored Sephora Instagram? Yeah, Amazon, <laughs> Prime. Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, yeah, Pr- Prime and Sephora. Yeah. They both dropped Major her. Hits. But I, I did hear... Yeah, I, I heard Yale actually rescinded, uh, I think it dropped today or yesterday that Yale has already rescinded the acceptance of one student who was involved in the scandal. But um, I don't think they reported who exactly um, or what their name is. And, you know, maybe that's an okay call, especially because there are some kids who clearly knew. Right. Oh, for sure. Uh, like they were CC'd on emails. Mm. They, like they were literally CC'd on emails, which is like, ugh. Like, why are you okay with this? I don't know. Like, again, it comes down to how you're raised. And clearly these people, these kids have been raised in a very different environment than all three of us. Because, like, I was was very much raised, like, never accept, like, you know, if you're a guest at someone's house, you're not allowed to accept even a glass of water because, you know, you don't take things from other people. (laughs) But, but, (laughs) but it's. You know, and like some some of the kids who definitely didn't know or like that was almost weirdly touching mm-hmm. in a like or moving in a way like there was one girl who was like, I'm going to take the ACT until I get a 34. And she was getting like a 23 on the practice exam. And her mom is like emailing 
the ringleader of the scam, like, I had this fucking kid, <laughs> you know, can we ensure that she gets a 34 because I don't want to have to do this over and over uh -huh. again. And he was like, well, I can guarantee you a 33 to a 35, but like, that's all I can do. And she's like, I just can't have, like, I can't do this again. I can't like have that conversation with my daughter. And I was like, fucking, can you man up? Or, 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 uh, I don't know what the gender neutral version of that yeah. is, but, but can you, can you put your big, big person pants on? This is your child and you are doing them no favor. Like how are any of these kids going to function in the real world? And what sucks is they probably would never have had to right? because their parents could afford to spend, you know, a million and a half dollars on just getting them into school. Um, can I just say also that even if you put a proctor in a room with me, I'd still fuck a standardized test up. It does not matter. <laughs> I'm so bad at test taking. When I had to take the SAT a couple of times, and the one time was not my fault. Uh, getting ready, and you know you have to be quiet and all this kind of stuff. And this kid across the room oh, no. was like chewing on his pen oh, and the pen exploded <laughs> in his mouth and this is while we're supposed to be taking the SATs so he is like trying to like scrape ink out of his mouth <laughs> like and oh, I have tears rolling down my face my best friend <laughs> sees me laughing she starts laughing like it was a bust from the minute go like it was <laughs> such a waste of my time and money so it's just like i'm like you know what even if my parents had the means to like help me pass these tests i'd still fuck it up somehow so more power to these kids for actually pulling it off <laughs> right well i love the kid who was lit like this actually happened where the kid had tonsillitis he was supposed to fly to houston to take the test uh or maybe it was the west hollywood one um but he was supposed to fly to take to, to, you know, take the SAT and, you know, had, had tonsillitis and so he couldn't fly. And so the, the, the mom was like, uh, so just have the other person take it for him. Like we planned and I'll give him a practice exam and we'll pretend it's the real thing. Like how, how would you as a, 16 17 year old not immediately go that's not allowed <laughs> that can't be right or at least like you know i would have told all my friends about it if i like okay let's pretend i'm not smart enough to know that like that's definitely not uh you know uh the the way that things should be but i would immediately be like yeah i took the sat at home and my my friends would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You did not take the SAT at home because yeah. that's definitely not allowed. And yeah. then everything would have blown up. What pisses me off is that some of these kids didn't even have to show up or go through that whole ordeal. My mom, okay, I could barely pay for college application fees. Yeah. And so like when you're taking these tests, you have to pay every time, yeah. right? So if you can't <laughs> afford yeah. to go until you get a better score, you can't get a better score. So I was on like my second or third time and I was like, I was talking to my mom and I was like, yo, I just need to get above this on math. I am chilling on reading and writing. Like I got it. I'm not a math student. <laughs> and so, you know, you pay up front and I'm pretty sure it's like non-refundable or something like that because the third time I had to take it, yeah. I had a, a fever and violent diarrhea. No! And my mom was like, we're getting, my mom was like, you're getting out of your damn bed and we are taking the SAT this morning <laughs> because I cannot afford for you to take it again. Oh my it God. Really 
<laughs> more like the it was wild. Hey! Hey! Pass that shat with flying colors. <laughs> oh God! Oh, or my S S C A T. Anyway, that'd be even. I I I feel like I must have taken the ACT at some point, but I definitely I don't remember. That was a weird thing to see, and like you knew it was going to happen. But seeing all sorts of people like being like, well, I got a whatever on my, I'm like, no one gives a shit about what you got <laughs> on your SAT. No, don't, this is not the time for that. Well, also the people that even <laughs> remember, like, I can't tell, I cannot God, tell no. you what I got on no. either of those tests. Come on. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I, I do remember I got a four on the AP Spanish exam to my everlasting shame. <gasps> Like I, I, there was definitely a little Out of like how many? five. Like, but like my fucking mom is from Venezuela. There is no way that I should have, you know, I have dishonored the family essentially. <laughs> but that's okay. But that's like that's like the only thing I really remember is like, you know, and it's because it's never gonna get onto the crew team with those. Right? <laughs> oh my god, I loved that that they um. What was it? One of the kids they were recruiting as a coxswain, which is a non-rowing part of the oh, team, yeah. but they still Wait, is that photoshopped the kid her that just on. Sits at the front and yells at you. Yeah. Yes, but they 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 were like, oh well, she's on an erg. Like they they photoshopped her onto an erg. It's like, no, you don't have to do that for this. You literally just have to be lightweight and loud. Like I was almost <laughs> recruited. <laughs> recruited as a coxswain because I'm small and loud. Like this just needs to be someone who can row with, <laughs> like who can yell at you. <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, but but yeah, I mean. That's like standardized tests are bullshit to begin with, and we should not. It's bad, honestly. It, it, and hopefully, hopefully, again, continuing the conversation of like college in general. Like, I don't. Okay, I'm going off on my own tangent. Great, um, but but like these kids, all the parents had. Like, okay, let's say your child really wants the college experience, but is not a good fit for college academically. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Just and if you have this, if you have a million dollars lying around, just buy them an apartment near campus. They will be like the hit of of their freshman. You know, all, they can make all these freshman friends and invite them over for parties. They can be the drinking spot. Like I'm not condoning underage drinking, <laughs> but like you could see a world in which. That's a better use of your money because at least then you have an apartment that you own. Yeah, but Oriana, if they don't send them to the schools, how are they also going to take the internships that no one else can get? Oh, Ooh. right. <laughs> oh, man. Right. That's a whole nother scam scene I am waiting to watch implode and explode. Because wow, 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 the amount of kids I went to college with who were like, my parent knows this person and I'm getting the internship is nuts. Because mm -hmm. that stuff, oh, like, yeah, oh, that can impact the jobs you're getting afterward. Like, that shit's serious. It's wild. So many jobs are just given to people's kids that you know they just got 
open, yep. you know, the door just was open for them. Whereas for me, I was, you know, I'd already been out of college for a little while and, you know, was kind of just making my way through and it was just luck, you know, and good timing. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy how much of that is, even that is detrimental. Like I was, lucky that I was able to afford $10 an hour. That is certainly not the case for a lot of right. other people. And that we were lucky we got paid. I mean, it, we weren't lucky, but like, you know, in some people's minds, we were lucky that we got paid because so much of this bullshit industry is is unpaid internships. Like, I, I still don't understand how that could possibly be legal. I, I just... Yeah, it's crazy. It's wild. And even that's a sort of economic gatekeeping, right? It's like, I mean, it's exactly what yes. you said, Ali. Yes. You're lucky you could afford that. And like people have to scrounge. Like I remember the first internship I got in New York. I ended up not buying textbooks an entire semester, just downloading PDFs. Oh and then saving that student loan money so I could pay rent in like a $600 a month hovel that had like a <laughs> chihuahua I was supposed to feed. It was Oh my rest. God. <laughs> and that's, well, another thing that kind of stood out to me was the, how obvious the forgeries were in, in these cases. Like there was one where they were, they said that the girl was ranked, you know, some, some like fairly high, uh, she had a fairly high ranking in some U S tennis association, um, ranking and that was very obviously not true and all it would have taken was a five second google search but because the admissions offices in these in these schools are completely overwhelmed you know getting tens of thousands of applications they just it's it's the honor system like they're like yeah i you know I don't have time to check to make sure that because everyone, you know, they're like everyone exaggerates on their college application. Generally, it's not this much, but you don't you sort of factor that in already. And it's like, oh, boy, maybe maybe we should start checking. I don't think I, I don't think I lied about anything. Uh, oh, God, it's so long. I mean, <laughs> me being like, no, did I right? Lie? No, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just like, it's so crazy to think you know, you're talking about it earlier, like you're consumed by this stuff. And like, have you watched, um, pen 15 yet on Hulu? I no. just started. It's I'm really great. Late. And it just, it's so good, but you do forget how like warped your brain gets into thinking like, this is the end all be all of my life about certain yeah. things. Yeah. And like, now I can't tell you shit from that time in my life. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> very like, vague memories of just like I am sure there was so much anxiety that went into what I wrote my essay about and you know did I take enough extracurriculars and like in the grand scheme of my life that really hasn't added up to much but you it, it just becomes this world that you get wrapped up in when it's know. happening yeah I, I mean I don't know what it says like I I it's not to say that I understand uh the prestigious schools like needing you know needing to like <laughs> be worthy of fraud um but it is so interesting how like how wide a range is between the the perceived quality of these schools right and how desperate all these parents were to just get their kids in somewhere and i think it goes back to what ali said that it's so much about access like what you're paying for at these schools is you know certainly you're acqui acquiring a, a body of knowledge but 
to me, like I maybe. learned more about what I want to. I know maybe that's like big <laughs> in the most <laughs> ideal of circumstances. Uh, I learned how to roll a joint in college. That's <laughs> really important. That's benefited me. Um, but like truly, you know what I mean? Like a, a major part of college is, is having these communities and these connections out of college. Right. And, um, yeah. and it, it really does help. It gives you a leg up in terms of finding people who are doing the same thing you're doing or finding people who are seeking out the same opportunities. And so I think that's, that's, what's at the core of it. Right. It's, it's like the prestige, but more so I think the connections yeah. And, um, you know, if there's a particular program that you think your kid will excel at at USC or you wanted your kid to stay close to home and, like, still have access to a place you know that you can donate to and <laughs> get more influence over, then it's like I can definitely see why parents would want to play that game. Um, but it just – it is so wild, the, like, desperation in, in all these instances to just, like, ensure that things go their way. It's uh, – I've just – I can't imagine going to those lengths. Not just because I've never seen hundred thousand dollars in any account. No. But like, <laughs> I just can't imagine. It it, it is like I, I understand that that the parental bond is like you know the the strongest perhaps, but I'm you're it's so that's that's too much. Like, did they re well? And that that it speaks to kind of the overall levels of privilege here that I don't that like. You know, the singer, when he was a cooperating witness, called up all of these people at the direction of FBI of the FBI and was basically like, hey, remember those crimes <laughs> that we did? Like, remember how you sent me a check to do crimes? And like a couple of them were like, hold on a second. Uh, I don't feel comfortable talking about this on the phone. But most of them were like, yeah let's do some more of these crimes. Like I got another, I got another bing bong <laughs> who, who needs to get into Loyola Marymount. <laughs> so let's, let's do this again. Or like, yeah, you know, I'm def I'm definitely cool with lying to the IRS. It's like, did you, did, did none of the, I guess I, I can't imagine being that secure in, in, in life as to as to not be like oh maybe i'm gonna like maybe some bad things are gonna happen here if i think they just live in a different world than we do and i think that taps into part of why this hits such a nerve with people because i think it's just this yeah. acknowledged fact of like people of means or status just get shit that we can't even fathom in our lifetime um, so I think for that yeah. to not go their way struck a nerve with a lot of people of like, yeah, you gotta work sometimes and like, you can't just buy your way into everything. So, but I don't even think that dawns on these people half the time, you know, that it's, it's just, they, they live under a completely different set of circumstances. Not that I'm saying that's right, but I think that's why it touches such a nerve with people too, is you just think like these people pretty much are invincible most of the time. Yeah. Um, and the rest of us pay a lot of consequences for like mundane shit. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I think that's where this touches a nerve of just like, nah, you kind of can't get everything you want in this life. Sometimes, you know, you do have to like fall on your face and pay your dues and all that kind of stuff. I think it's also interesting too, because, um, lately we've seen colleges, uh, become the point of so much criticism surrounding, affirmative action campaigns mm -hmm. or oh initiatives God, yes. to to make 
college admissions more inclusive. And this isn't to say that the entire list of people who were involved in this uh, bribery and fraud scheme were all white, but a majority of them were white. Oh, and yeah. all of them <laughs> were people that were wealthier than, than, let's say, the average American family, right? It's safe to say that most of these people weren't middle income, despite a couple who needed like payment plans, you know what I mean? <laughs> but still... They um, still were able to make payments of $10,000 a month. So like right, exactly. And I, I think it really just shows uh, that, you know, schools can have these initiatives and it's still not enough to counteract the influence uh, of right. this kind of corruption and the influence of money. Because, uh, you know, when a school needs the funding, uh, you know, to keep expanding or to admit more students or to deal with uh, the rise in applications, it means they're going to go to some pretty extreme lengths to ensure that they can do that. And I think even universities with the best of intentions um, will continue to, to do that. I mean, I remember while I was at Brown, um, there was a huge push to get Brown to divest from coal as well as a series of hotel companies that weren't paying um, their staff fair wages or providing them with health insurance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just like investing in these really terrible companies. But Brown's response was literally like, yo, we can't just like divest from all of this at once or we'll have no money left. Like we hear you, but like oh. give us a while. And it was really painful to hear that. You know what I mean? That like, yeah. Fuck. Like, okay, well you hear us, but you can't do anything right now. Um, but you know, on the flip side of that coin, um, Brown has just chosen to, um, divest from a series of companies in accordance with a bunch of standards uh, put forth by the anti-apartheid BDS effort in collaboration with a lot of like Palestinian activists in this country. So it's weird to sort of see universities try to make the ethical choice with where they're making investments and how they're making money. But I think at the end of the day, like schemes like this are unavoidable because if it's not the university, it's the women's soccer coach or the men's rugby coach who is going to take that money and pocket it. Yeah, that was one thing that uh, really stuck out to me was like so many of these payments were to women's athletics in particular and under the guise of, well, you guys are chronically right. underfunded anyway mm -hmm. because, you know, football and basketball get all the money and blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, God, this is so gross <laughs> on so many levels. Like to to it's it's sort of peak like capitalism co-opting uh feminism <laughs> right there just like well you need this money so here give my student a place on right your you soccer have to tell team. yourself like it's for the greater good it's so these girls can you know play their sport and all that kind of stuff and it gets so murky yeah it's very tangled web that our current economy has has woven around all of us like no one is no one is immune, not even the women's <laughs> soccer team or the sailing team. Fucking, <laughs> there was one, it was like the, the girl was being recruited for um, like sailing or something. It was like, she was not a sailor, but she was, she was, she was a, an equestrian. I was like, the rich, like the two, <laughs> she doesn't do this crazy rich person sport. She does this other crazy rich person sport. It's great. It's great. What I really want, I can't wait. If this doesn't get turned into the next season of American Crime Story on FX, oh. 
I, I honestly don't know. And I mean, it, it will never not be amazing to me that Felicity Huffman literally starred in ABC's American Crime. <laughs> it's just, it's too perfect. So I know that we've talked about our casting choices before for like, you know, when we come up with these movies and TV shows. I think that because Felicity Huffman got an Oscar nomination for playing a trans person, I think a trans person should play her in whatever movie or TV show this becomes. It's only fair. Oh my God, we're... Right, exactly. Switch it up a little. <laughs> Candace Kane wearing prosthetics Hello. as Felicity Huffman. <laughs> she has the acting range. That would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to see like... Uh, like, did you all watch The Slap when it came out on NBC? <laughs> no, I just loved making fun of it. <laughs> Wait, I watched the episode with The Slap in it. <laughs> it's a while. I want, like, two competitive families and, like, one bribes to get their student into a college and the other family doesn't. And there's, like, a slap-style <laughs> drama between <gasps> these parents. Ooh. And call it, like, The Application. <laughs> yes! <laughs> The, the the what did we call the SAT? The scat. <laughs> the scat. Oh yeah, the shat. The shat. That's the shat. what it was. The shat. <laughs> the shat. Oh god. Oh my god. You could. That's. There's so many different ways that you could go with this. You could go with the like the slat the very serious like wannabe prestige drama you could go oh they're gonna turn this into t- I-, I guarantee you it will be competing documentaries in about six months. If that. Oh, for sure. Of course. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) This is a story for another time, but I was like kind of disappointed by the HBO Theranos documentary. Oh, it was terrible because the book is so good and the podcast is so good. Yeah. It's so disappointing. It's very, it's like, oh, okay. We're going to talk about Thomas Edison for. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But anyway, anyway, so one of the, like, so you could do prestige drama, you could do, you could do like almost a, you know, like, uh, it's like a, a broadcast drama that is a combination of a procedural and that it's a procedural that wants to be prestige. Like yeah. you focus on, cause the FBI special agent who, who was the author of the, of the affidavit that was 269 fucking pages long, um, is, is named Laura Smith. And for some reason, like this whole time I'm picturing Laura Linney <gasps> just calmly reading this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my uh that's my like you know it's 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 we see this through her eyes as she investigates she seems kind of perfect for that you're welcome call me john langraff <laughs> right i would kill to see laura linney investigating this I, that would be spectacular just, just not even playing a role just out of curiosity <laughs> yeah time Yes, she like she gets she's very suspicious of Felicity Huffman's daughter getting <laughs> Oh no. It's going to like break her to, like bring her to the brink of madness like so. Um oh my god, this has gone on for so long. But did you guys I I I picked the grift of the week to be like the the 
Dan Mallory, New Yorker thing. But then the the Michael Avenatti, Aven, how do we say his name? Oh, God, yeah. that was today, That was today. Right? That, too that happened. It's too good. I was literally going to bring it up if you didn't, because I, <laughs> I mean, you need an episode on it, like, ASAP. It's incredible. Yes. <laughs> the fact that this man was really trying to, like, tease running for president, like, a month ago. I know. I can't even tell because I don't know how time passes anymore. Like it was five years ago. No. Was... Right. Like I just the fact that I had to say that was today. It oh. could have been six months ago. That's what what's so amazing was it was two different cases. Like he got arrested for one and charged for another. Like the the LA district attorney charged him. And then the Southern District, I think it's the Southern District of New York, because they always do the high profile cases. But like one of them was him trying to extort Nike, which isn't that's not a grift. And then the other the the other one was, was him getting popped for bank fraud and wire fraud, which is where we come in because he would do shit like he got a one point six million dollar settlement for his client. And then like told his client that it was not 1.6 million and just pocketed <laughs> the difference so that he could pay expensive for he so that he could pay these expenses for his fucking coffee business like why i don't know <laughs> this that's such a, a I... large sum of money to lie about i'd be like it's one point. I mean, yeah, it just like it didn't say how much of it he pocketed, but I, I'm guessing it's it wasn't the whole thing. But you you can't do that, regardless of how right <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he also he also defrauded a bank in Mississippi, which like what? Why Mrs. Was that the only place that he could get a loan? Because he he was trying to get a loan, and so he had to submit. He submitted fake tax returns, which like. I don't know. We always knew that he was kind of okay. Oh, again, all this is allegedly. None of this has been proven in a court of law. Please don't sue us. This is just, you know, recounting what's been reported. Um, but like, why would you? You should. He should know of all people to not like submit a fake tax return. Like how? How does he not know this? How does he know? How does he not know? To I not think it's do just that? a recurring theme with a lot of our fraud people. It's just they live in this like delusion that whatever they do, either they're trying to get caught or they think they're never going to get caught. It, it's one of those two. <laughs> Legit, it is truly the audacity of privilege. It is. Of just like yes. truly, truly thinking you can get away with it. Like you really thought. You thought. Yeah. You thought. Like, I had to go, I, like, like wrung my hands over TurboTax for, like, three nights straight. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, like, this, I never, it, it never occurs to me to just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll try and take the IRS for a ride. Right. Like, I'll just leave off a few grand of my income. Like, I could, I, right. I think I would die on the spot. Because I'd get caught immediately. <laughs> Right. I would turn yeah. myself in and be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh God, there was literally, there was one year I couldn't afford TurboTax. And so I tried to do my taxes yep. on my own oh, and mail them oh, in. Oh no. 
And when I got the alert from the IRS that like I had, they either like didn't get there or I had obviously misfiled some, I felt like a fucking criminal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it was like God. six months later and they were like, you need to file your taxes. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I was like, here's my bank account. Pick exactly what you need. Like, I was freaking out. You know what I mean? Those those scam IRS calls would have worked on you at that point. Like, uh, honestly, yeah, would have terrified me. <laughs> would have terrified me. Yeah. God. But she's current. She's doing her taxes this year. You know, she's all paid up. She might be on a payment plan, but she's she's paying. You know, <laughs> they're expensive. They're expensive. I was, I was, I owed money because of course, but like I, it was less than I, like, I was celebrating that I only owed like 1500 bucks or I guess it was like 1500 for federal and like 900 bucks state. It was like, oh my God. Like it was this huge weight lifted from me. I was like, that's a conceivable amount of money. I can, I can manage that. Like, but and then there's all these people that are just like, ah, fuck it. Like, who cares? It's just, I paid more taxes than Amazon. It's it's incredible. The ultimate fucking grift. Sorry. <laughs> I'm getting bitter now. That's never a good thing. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, so any final, uh, final thoughts, my friends? Um, you know, I just can't wait to see how it all plays out. And also, I want to find out how William H. Macy got out of all of this, because that fascinates me. <laughs> right. I hope he's just like an absentee father who hates his kids. But, um, <laughs> but he was... <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but he, he was on... He was on he was on the recordings like he is in there he's in this affidavit as a spouse and like you know you th- th- it's obviously you know they they put spouse because that's just how it goes that's the legal thing or procedural thing but it's like yeah who is Felicity Huffman's spouse hmm <laughs> some fucking trivia question you know, if if Massimo could could get you know be involved, this is oh we should have talked about like the gendering because it was mostly moms. Yeah, it was mostly moms that caught them. Oh yeah, it was mom. A lot of moms charged. Yeah, yeah. the emotional labor of college admissions. Yeah, it's only gonna it's gonna be the gift that keeps on giving. I'm sure of it. You know, like I truly, am, I know truly. there's so many wonderful Dateline episodes for me to watch about this. And there, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, thanks, thanks you guys for coming us. on, Absolutely. and uh, thank you to all our listeners. Yeah.